Hello everyone, this is Alexander Mars in this edition of Sunday Talk. How y'all doing? I might I might sound a little different today for my opening. Uh, I had a tooth removed, but I was able to get the two segments pre-recorded. So I hope you enjoy. And, and I'll be talking about um, the Suxia again and, and the tools that I use when I when I read this time. So... Let's get started. Catch you in the next segment. Toodles! Alrighty, in this sub in this segment, I like to talk to you about why I like to read and how the world views people with dyslexia. Uh, I seen in my notes, so I like to go over those a little bit before I get into the reading one. They they both go together. Most people in this in our society believes that people like me see things backwards. No, I don't see ladder backwards. They don't get switched around in my brain. What happens is since I don't have phonics, not everything gets processed the right way in my brain. Um, to give you an example, I had a f- I had a friend of mine who was who was a school teacher, and she was helping me go through a short story. And she would point out things, and she would teach me certain things. And one of her comments I remember when she was helping me that I was taught it. It was taught. It was in my brain somewhere, but where was that? She had no clue, and neither did I. Um, that's the kind of things because I was not taught from a curriculum to help me or the teacher didn't have the tools to teach me correctly to change the curriculum in a way that I could get grasp it and understand it. That was just the way it was. And, you know, and there's people now, there's parents that are coming together and they're forming organizations. Um, there's chapters to make changes and to change laws for parents who need these resources for their children so they can be able to get them and to get the right help from their child. The struggle is real, very real. And I do see huge um, improvements. Parents have choices, parents have knowledge. Teachers also have knowledge too. Not all teachers are bad. That's one thing I learned from my friend who was a school teacher. There, There are teachers out there generally who care for their students and want to help them. And sometimes they just don't know how to help them because they were not taught how to help um, a dyslexic student. They weren't given the tools when they went and received their training. And they don't know how to help. They don't understand why, you know, for three weeks I get it. And then the fourth week, it just comes out screwy. It's happened. I had, I've, I've had some friends of mine that get frustrated that I keep doing the, main, the same mistake over and over in, in my work. And going, well, we talked about this. We helped you with this. You should get it by now. It don't work that way. Sorry. <laughs> hey, don't work that way. Uh, I can list you out my mistakes that I can that I do in my in my work. And I know this. And I've worked really hard. But there's some days that my brain just goes smush. It just can't process. It just can't get it out. And it's just stuck. It's just how the dyslexic my how that's how my mind works. And and I believe a lot of it from what I have read over the years is I did not receive the right kind of help. And this is one thing I want to urge any parents out there. 
if there's one thing that you take away from this, if you have a child or you believe that your child is dyslexic, perhaps you married a spouse that's dyslexic, perhaps you're dyslexic, or maybe it runs in either family and it just skipped you and your husband, but your parents might have it or your in-laws or someone else in the family. If you expect, if you suspect your child maybe have a learning disability, there's no shame in it. You need to get educated and use that. You need to get, and you need to find out what type of help is available in your school district and your community. And you need to find a support group and find others in your area and, and talk about what they did. Now, most school districts, from what I've heard, do not want to test a child with dyslexia for being dyslexic or have dyslexia until they're in third grade. And the time they're in third grade, it's too late. So I'll give you a little background. When I got in third grade, everything changed. The work became harder and faster and I had trouble keeping up. It increased. My stress level increased, everything increased. That's when the stuff that you learn in kindergarten and first and second grade comes together and gets you ready for fourth grade in the upper grades uh, elementary school. So if your child hasn't received help by then, they're, it's going to be a whole lot harder than a child who figures out the issue. So the sooner you get help, the better. You're not, you'll, you create less drama and less stress and you're just gonna have to fight for your child and teach your child to advocate for themselves as well when they get older. Now, I know someone's probably sitting out there, well, you don't understand how the school system works. Well, I know children nowadays are learning things I didn't learn until I was older, and that's fine, change. From the information that I have read and the data I have seen, it's critical that, I mean, if you have a child that's not even school and you're suspecting, you need to go get them tested and get them the help because uh, intervention is showing that if you can get help for a child before they start reading and start helping that brain to get organized better and making the correct pathways, then you're reducing a whole lot of stress and a whole lot of fatigue, and you're going to make it a whole lot easier for your child to learn better in the school. To give you an, to give you an extra tiddly, the left brain, the left side of the brain is the one that deals in language. The right side is the one that's the creative. So something in the dyslexic brain like mine, something has went wrong. Something does not compute quite right in the left side of my brain. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm dumb. I'm not dumb. I'm very intelligent. I'm very gifted. Uh, one of the things I find fascinating about what I can do, I can learn some of the hardest concepts and understand it and grasp it. And you put something very simple in front of me. It's just, I have the hardest time. I've been like that. That's how my mind works. How I, that's how God made me. Okay, rabbit trail. Sorry, I went off the rabbit trail. But if you receive the help and you get the help and you help the left side of the brain understand language and process language and get phonics and, and help them understand phonics really well and really get phonics into the, into the brain and help the brain open up. Your child will make leaps and bounds. I, I've heard parents talk about they had their child diagnosed with dyslexia, struggled, they found the right program or the right tutor and helped them to make the right connections and their child just ran with it and exceeded and did work on their years. So this is why I'm an advocate of, of getting parents educated about this and getting and helping to get their kids, their children, your children, getting the help because it does 
help tremendously in ways I can't imagine. I've always believed if I had the right kind of curriculum or the right kind of help to help me on one-on-one, especially about phonics, I think a lot of it, what I struggle with is phonics. If I would have got the phonics in the first grade and got that one-on-one attention that I needed, I would be better off today. I, I would not have the issues that I do today. I, I honestly 100% believe that. I do. I, I do. I do believe that is my area because I remember sitting in, in the first grade and looking at words and having no idea what they meant until someone said them in front of me. And since I did not get the kind of help that I needed, I had to use memorizing words and how they sound. That doesn't help when you're trying to learn new, new stuff and when reading is required. And as the grade levels increase, the reading requirement increases. That's how school works. We went off on another rabbit trail. Like it, like I mentioned earlier, having no phonics makes reading impossible. I have a hard time doing silent reading. I'm better at it now than I was years ago. Coming across new words and trying to figure out the content is, that's what I struggle with because I have no phonics. Well, actually, I do have phonics. I have very little phonics because I've been trying to teach myself phonics. Like the word I said in my previous uh, segment, suspicious. Don't ask me to spell it. I know how to pronounce it, but I don't know how to spell it. I know what it means. That's all I do about that one. And like I mentioned in my previous segment, having a, having a parent to believe in a child does things, even though that the parent can't see that. It's it's a seed. It's a gift of love. That's I I like to think about it. I I know what my mother did for me, and it it's took years for my mother to see the results of that. And it was not easy at times because she didn't fully, she understood what was going on. She knew I had a problem. She knew there was an issue, but she didn't know how to fix it because the school wasn't talking. And like I said, no one ever talked about it. There was a stigma and you just dealt with it and you did what you did with the best what you can. But I, I remember times when I just felt like I couldn't learn. I can't do it. My mom would always sit there and tell me that, that I was intelligent and she knew there was something going on and it wasn't my fault. And she would just say, just do the best you can. And that really helped me to get through some of the stuff. And learning is such a, and learning at a young age too. I, I want parents to understand this as well. Uh, we're going down another rabbit trail. I, I want you parents to understand that you, you didn't do nothing bad that your child is different. Your child is an independent thinker. Your child will see things that no one else sees like I do. Um, We'll learn how to create things. Most people who run small businesses or create entrepreneurs are people with disabilities who have, well, I mean, yeah, disabilities who have dyslexia. To give you an example, go look at Shark Tank, look up the cast members of Shark Tank and you'll find out how many are dyslexic. It's quite interesting. We see we see the world a little differently because it's how our brains work. And we've learned how to be problem solvers. And we understand what we need as we grow up. But then, you know, so I want to give that encouragement to parents that you need to play a role. You, you need to fight for your kid. And you need to understand that a child's brain is developing. And your child with dyslexia is just going to be a little bit slower. But you find out what they need and what they can do, and you push them. Well, not a push, but encourage them to do what they can. You're going to see results of it.
you're, you're, you know, you give your kid the right kind of encouragement, your kid can take on the world. So that's what I want to say about that. What I really want to, what I want to talk to you about now is my love for reading. Yes, I am a soul reader, but I love books. Always have. I find it relaxes me, relaxes my mind. I can get away from my issues, my struggles. Um, takes me to a different world, and I get to see people that I probably wouldn't meet in real life. Um, I enjoy reading, even though reading is a struggle. One thing that I'm very grateful in my life is technology, like the Kindle from Amazon, the iPad as well, makes reading a whole lot easier. I love to add narration if it's available for a novel on my Kindle. Um, it lights up, it, it writes the word and it tells me the word and it reads it. I don't have to struggle with reading. I don't have to sit there and figure out what does this mean and am, am I getting it correctly? I can get it it's so much easier by listening to it. And I don't care what people say that listening is not reading. Well, guess what? It is. And let me point this out to you. What's the first thing you remember as a child about learning to read? Your parents reading to you or your grandparents reading to you or the adults reading to you. What's the first thing you remember going to school in kindergarten and the first grade teachers doing? Reading you a book, story time. I always enjoyed, even as I got older, when I, I remember in fifth grade that the librarian was reading a book and it was story time. And we sat there and we listened to it. And the, the librarian asked me a question about the book we were reading and I pointed something out and she was like, surprised. <laughs> I think everybody else adults were surprised at my answer because I was listening to it. I could understand it. I didn't have to worry about following along. I didn't have to worry about what does this word mean because the words were being pronounced and I could see the picture in my head. That's when I know when I get really into a book, when I can see the place in my head, the, the movie and the movie within my mind. I, I just, I really love that. This TV gets boring. So, you know, that's how our minds work. That's how we were taught language. You know, this is how we teach young children to talk. We talk to them. We tell them to say dada or mama, or we start helping them to put together sentences. We learn language by listening to our parents, to the adults around us. And so for someone to tell me, well, listening is not reading. Well, that's a bunch of hooey. Because if we weren't listening as a kids to language, we would not be speaking the language. I mean, let's face it. What do you do when you learn a new language? You listen to your teacher for the language. You learn the basics of a new language, like Spanish, like uno, dos, tres, oh, trace. Sorry, I had a hard time learning, learning Spanish too. You learn by hearing certain words. You learn by hearing how they're used. You learn how to use phonics. You learn how to pronunciate in that language by listening. You don't open up a book and figure out unless you're a genius. You know, this, so, you know, when I hear this, well, listening is not reading. And, and I've, trust me, I've heard this from a lot of different people. Or, or if I suggest for someone that doesn't say, well, I'm a slow reader. Well, buy narration, buy a Kindle. Kindle speak it to you and if it doesn't have narration it's not as it's not as good as a human voice but it's better than the alternative so there's still a stigma about audiobooks and narration and listening and 
trust me, if there wasn't a market for that stuff, Amazon would not be selling narration for that add-on. So people are buying narration to add on to their stories or they wouldn't, or they wouldn't be buying it. And some people like to listen to an audiobook when they're driving, you know, to me, that's reading time. I, I remember what, when I was, when I took a college course on writing and I remember uh, Stephen King talking about reading and how much if you're a writer, you need to be reading. And if you don't have time to read a novel, then put in a audio cassette in your car or now it'd be like downloaded into your car now, but talking about how much it is. And there was another writer that said another thing. He wrote Left Behind series and he was talking how important it is and what he used to do doing the commute that he used to listen to. Instead of the radio, he will listen to an audiobook to get his reading time in. You know, you have these well-known authors doing this and then you have people telling you like, oh, you're not reading, you're just listening. Well, yeah, I am reading, but I'm also listening. It takes a lot of willpower to sit there and listen to a story when you're not doing nothing. Yeah, I had a nurse to tell me that one time when I was getting my iron treatment, she just laughed at me and giggled. She thought it was funny. I'm just like, oh, righty then. It, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I'm just like, but I was thinking about it, I was like, if your life has shadow that you're, you're sitting there and getting a joy about because I like to listen to a book instead of watching TV. Yeah, I was just, yeah, but she's not the first person I've encountered with the stigma about that. So, so anyway, you know, and for me, listening to a book is a lot easier. It allows my mind to process the information and it's see the development of the characters, the setting, the mood, the action. I, I find it relaxing. And since now I have the technology, it's become very enjoyable. Now I understand why people like to read books. And if it wasn't for this technology now we have, to be honest, I wouldn't be reading or I'd be really struggling to read a book. I, I don't find nothing wrong with having a book in my hands. And sometimes I have a book in my hands and I also find the audiobook to go with it. You know, you can do that too. You know, it, to see the words come, you know, come alive on a page inside my mind is just thrilling. It's exciting. It's thing you can learn. You can learn stuff about what people go through, their own personal struggles. You can learn about new information. I'm trying to read a little bit more nonfiction books now instead of fiction, so I can learn a little bit more stuff. You know, this is the way we learn. We read. You know, we do watch movies and we learn stuff from TV shows. But the most fundamental basics of how we learn information is we read. And there's people like me who enjoy reading. It's just relaxing. And I love to read. I don't care. I have dyslexia. I have tools to help me now. And that's what the tools are there for. There are my accommodations. It's the same way that when, you know, when I write a story, I use text-to-speech software. I use recognition software like Dragon. It it helps me to get the ideas out of my head and to see where they go. All right. Well, I hope you learned some stuff and I didn't go off too many rabbit trails. Like I said, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to cut down on the rabbit trails. Or maybe that's just who I am. Interesting concept there. Anyway, well, I would also appreciate it that if you liked this episode, uh, I would be very appreciative if you would share it on your favorite social media platform. Um, trying to educate people and trying to grow my audience as well. And so if you enjoyed it and you want to hear more, just please share. Share. I would be greatly appreciative. See you next time. Bye-bye. Alrighty, in this sub in this segment, I like to talk to you about 
why I like to read, and how the world views people with dyslexia. Uh, I see in my notes, so I like to go over those a little bit before I get into the reading one. They they both go together. Most people in this in our society believes that people like me see things backwards. No, I don't see ladder backwards. They don't get switched around in my brain. What happens is since I don't have phonics, not everything gets processed the right way in my brain. Um, to give you an example, I had a, I had a friend of mine who was who was a school teacher and she was helping me go through a short story. And she would point out things and she would teach me certain things. And one of her comments, I remember when she was helping me, that I was taught it, it was taught, it was in my brain somewhere, but where was that? She had no clue and neither did I. Um, That's the kind of things because I was not taught from a curriculum to help me or the teacher didn't have the tools to teach me correctly, to change the curriculum in a way that I could get grasp it and understand it. That was just the way it was. And, you know, and there's people now, there's parents that are coming together and they're forming organizations. Um, there's chapters to make changes and to change laws for parents who need these resources for their children so they can be able to get them and to get the right help from their child. The struggle is real, very real. And I do see huge um, improvements. Parents have choices. Parents have knowledge. Teachers also have knowledge too. Not all teachers are bad. That's one thing I learned from my friend who was a school teacher. There, there are teachers out there generally who care for their students and want to help them. And sometimes they just don't know how to help them because they were not taught how to help um, a dyslexic student. They weren't given the tools when they went and received their training and they don't know how to help. They don't understand why you know, for three weeks, I get it. And then the fourth week, it just comes out screwy. It's happened. I had, I've, I've had some friends of mine that get frustrated that I keep being the main, the same mistake over and over in, in my work and going, well, we talked about this. We helped you with this. You should get it by now. It don't work that way. Sorry. <laughs> it don't work that way. Uh, I can list you out my mistakes that I can, that I do in my, in my work. And I know this. And I've worked really hard, but there's some days that my brain just goes mush. It just can't process. It just can't get it out. And it's just stuck. It's just how the dyslexic, my how, that's how my mind works. And, and I believe a lot of it from what I have read over the years is I did not receive the right kind of help. And this is one thing I want to urge any parents out there. If there's one thing that you take away from this, if you have a child or you believe that your child is dyslexic. Perhaps you married a spouse that's dyslexic. Perhaps you're dyslexic. Or maybe it runs in either family and it just skipped you and your husband, but your parents might have it. Or your in-laws or someone else in the family. If you expect, if you suspect your child maybe have a learning disability, there's no shame in it. You need to get educated and use that. You need to get and you need to find out what type of help is available in your school district, in your community. And you need to find a support group and find others in your area and, and talk about what they did. Now, most school districts, from what I've heard, do not want to test a child with dyslexia for being dyslexic or have dyslexia. 
until they're in third grade. And the time they're in third grade, it's too late. So I'll give you a little background. When I got in third grade, everything changed. The work became harder and faster, and I had trouble keeping up. It increased. My stress level increased. Everything increased. That's when the stuff that you learn in kindergarten and first and second grade comes together and gets you ready for fourth grade in the upper grades uh, elementary school. So if your child hasn't received help by then, they're, it's going to be a whole lot harder than a child who figures out the issue. So the sooner you get help, the better. You're not, you'll, you create less drama and less stress. And you're just going to have to fight for your child and teach your child to advocate for themselves as well when they get older. Now, I know someone's probably sitting out there, well, you don't understand how a school system works. Well, I know children nowadays are learning things I didn't learn until I was older. And that's fine. Changed. From the information that I have read and the data I have seen, it's critical that, I mean, if you have a child that's not even school and you're suspecting, you need to go get them tested and get them the help. Because... Uh, intervention is showing that if you can get help for a child before they start reading and start helping that brain to get organized better and making the correct pathways, then you're reducing a whole lot of stress and a whole lot of fatigue, and you're going to make it a whole lot easier for your child to learn better in the school. To give you an, to give you an extra tiddly, the left brain, the left side of the brain is the one that deals in language. The right side is the one that's the creative. So something in the dyslexic brain like mine, something has went wrong. Something does not compute quite right in the left side of my brain. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm dumb. I'm not dumb. I'm very intelligent. I'm very gifted. Uh, one of the things I find fascinating about what I can do, I can learn some of the hardest concepts and understand it and grasp it. And you put something very simple in front of me, it's just I have the hardest time. I've been like that. That's how my mind works. How I, that's how God made me. Okay, rabbit trail. Sorry, I went off the rabbit trail. But if you receive the help and you get the help and you help the left side of the brain understand language and process language and get phonics and, and help them understand phonics really well and really get phonics into the, into the brain and help the brain open up, your child will make leaps and bounds. I, I've heard parents talk about they had their child diagnosed with dyslexia, struggled, they found the right program or the right tutor and helped them to make the right connections and their child just ran with it and exceeded and did work on their years. So this is why I'm an advocate of, of getting parents educated about this and getting and helping to get their kids, their children, your children, getting the help because it does help tremendously in ways I can't imagine. I've always believed if I had the right kind of curriculum or the right kind of help to help me on one-on-one, -on -one, especially about phonics, I think a lot of it, what I struggle with is phonics. If I would have got the phonics and the first grade and got that one-on-one -on -one attention that I needed, I would be better off today. I, I would not have the issues that I do today. I, I honestly 100% believe that. I do. I, I do. I do believe that is my area because I remember sitting in, in the first grade and looking at words and having no idea what they meant until someone said them in front of me. And since I did not get the kind of help that I needed, I had to use memorizing words and how they sound. 
that doesn't help when you're trying to learn new, new stuff and when reading is required. And as the grade levels increase, the reading requirement increases. That's how school works. We went off on another rabbit trail. Like, it, like I mentioned earlier, having no phonics makes reading impossible. I have a hard time doing silent reading. I'm better at it now than I was years ago. Coming across new words and trying to figure out the content is, that's what I struggle with because I have no phonics. Well, actually, I do have phonics. I have very little phonics because I've been trying to teach myself phonics. Like the word I said in my previous uh, segment, suspicious. Don't ask me to spell it. I know how to pronounce it, but I don't know how to spell it. I know what it means. That's all I do about <laughs> that one. And like I mentioned in my previous segment, having a, having a parent to believe in a child does things, even though that the parent can't see that. It's it's a seed. It's a gift of love. That's I I like to think about it. I I know what my mother did for me, and it it took years for my mother to see the results of that. And it was not easy at times because she didn't fully, she understood what was going on. She knew I had a problem. She knew there was an issue, but she didn't know how to fix it because the school wasn't talking. And like I said, no one ever talked about it. There was a stigma and you just dealt with it and you did what you did with the best what you can. But I, I remember times when I just felt like I couldn't learn. I can't do it. My mom would always sit there and tell me that, that I was intelligent and she knew there was something going on and it wasn't my fault. And she would just say, just do the best you can. And that really helped me to get through some of the stuff. And learning is such a, and learning at a young age too. I, I want parents to understand this as well. Uh, we're going down another rabbit trail. I, I want you parents to understand that you, you didn't do nothing bad that your child is different. Your child is an independent thinker. Your child will see things that no one else sees like I do. Um, we'll learn how to create things. Most people who run small businesses or create entrepreneurs are people with disabilities who have, well, who, well I mean, yeah, disabilities who have dyslexia. To give you an example, go look at Shark Tank. Look up the cast members of Shark Tank and you'll find out how many are dyslexic. It's quite interesting. We see we see the world a little differently because it's how our brains work. And we've learned how to be problem solvers. And we understand what we need as we grow up. But then, you know, so I want to give that encouragement to parents that you need to play in a role. You, you need to fight for your kid. And you need to understand that a child's brain is developing. And your child with dyslexia is just going to be a little bit slower. But you find out what they need and what they can do, and you push them. Well, not a push, but encourage them to do what they can. You're going to see results of it. You're, you're, you know, you give your kid the right kind of encouragement, your kid can take on the world. So that's what I want to say about that. What I really want to, what I want to talk to you about now is my love for reading. Yes, I am a soul reader, but I love books. Always have. I find it relaxes me, relaxes my mind. I can get away from my issues, my struggles. Um, takes me to a different world, and I get to see people that I probably wouldn't meet in real life. Um, I enjoy reading, even though reading is a struggle. One thing that I'm very grateful in my life is technology, like the Kindle from Amazon, the iPad as well, makes reading a whole lot easier. 
I love to add narration if it's available for a novel on my Kindle. Um, it lights up, it, it writes the word and it tells me the word and it reads it. I don't have to struggle with reading. I don't have to sit there and figure out what does this mean and am, am I getting it correctly? I can get it so much easier by listening to it. And I don't care what people say that listening is not reading. Well, guess what? It is. And let me point this out to you. What's the first thing you remember as a child about learning to read? Your parents reading to you or your grandparents reading to you or the adults reading to you. What's the first thing you remember going to school in kindergarten and the first grade teachers doing? Reading you a book, story time. I always enjoyed, even as I got older, when I, I remember in fifth grade that the librarian was reading a book and it was story time. And we sat there and we listened to it. And the, the librarian asked me a question about the book we were reading and I pointed something out and she was like, surprised. <laughs> I think everybody else adults were surprised at my answer because I was listening to it. I could understand it. I didn't have to worry about following along. I didn't have to worry about what does this word mean because the words were being pronounced and I could see the picture in my head. That's when I know when I get really into a book, when I can see the place in my head, the, the movie and the movie within my mind. I, I just, I really love that. This TV gets boring. So, you know, th that's how our minds work. That's how we were taught language, you know, this is how we teach young children to talk. We talk to them. We tell them to say dada or mama, or we start helping them to put together sentences. We learn language by listening to our parents, to the adults around us. And so for someone to tell me, well, listening is not reading. Well, that's a bunch of hooey because if we weren't listening as a kids to language, we would not be speaking the language. I mean, let's face it, what do you do when you learn a new language? You listen to your teacher for the language. You learn the basics of a new language, like Spanish, like uno, dos, tres, oh, trace. Sorry, I had a hard time learning Spanish too. You learn by hearing certain words. You learn by hearing how they're used. You learn how to use phonics. You learn how to pronunciate in that language. By listening, you don't open up a book and figure out unless you're a genius, you know, this, so, you know, when I hear this, well, listening is not reading and, and I've, trust me, I've heard this from a lot of different people, or, or if I suggest for someone that doesn't say, well, I'm a slow reader, well, buy narration, buy a Kindle, Kindle, speak it to you. And if it doesn't have narration, it's not as, it's not as good as a human voice, but it's better than the alternative. So there's still a stigma about audiobooks and narration and listening. And trust me, if there wasn't a market for that stuff, Amazon would not be selling narration for that add-on. So people are buying narration to add on to their stories or they wouldn't, or they wouldn't be buying it. And some people like to listen to an audiobook when they're driving, you know, to me, that's reading time. I, I remember what, when I was when I took a college course on writing and I remember uh, Stephen King talking about reading and how much if you're a writer, you need to be reading. And if you don't have time to read a novel, then put in a audio cassette in your car or now it'd be like downloaded into your car now. But talking about how much it is and there was another writer that said another thing. He wrote Left Behind series and he was talking how important it is and what he used to do doing the commute that he used to listen to. Instead of the radio, he will listen to an audiobook to get his reading time in. You know, you have these 
well-known authors doing this and then you have people telling you like oh you're not reading you're just listening well yeah i am reading but i'm also listening it takes a lot of willpower to sit there and listen to a story when you're not doing nothing yeah i had a nurse to tell me that one time when i was getting my iron treatment she just laughed at me and giggled she thought it was funny i'm just like oh righty then it it kind of rubbed me the wrong way and i'm just like but I was thinking about it, I was like, if your life has shadow that you're you're sitting there and getting the joy about because I like to listen to a book instead of watching TV. Yeah, I was just, yeah, but she's not the first person I've encountered with the stigma about that. So, so anyway, you know, and for me, listening to a book is a lot easier. It allows my mind to process the information and see the development of the characters, the setting, the mood, the action. I find it relaxing. And since now I have the technology, it's become very enjoyable. Now I understand why people like to read books. And if it wasn't for this technology now we have, to be honest, I wouldn't be reading or I'd be really struggling to read a book. I, I don't find nothing wrong with having a book in my hands. And sometimes I have a book in my hands and I also find the audiobook to go with it. You know, you can do that too. You know, it, to see the words come, you know, come alive on a page inside my mind, it's just thrilling. It's exciting. It's thing you can learn. You can learn stuff about what people go through, their own personal struggles. You can learn about new information. I'm trying to read a little bit more nonfiction books now instead of fiction, so I can learn a little bit more stuff. You know, this is the way we learn. We read. You know, we do watch movies and we learn stuff from TV shows. But the most fundamental base basics of how we learn information is we read. And there's people like me who enjoy reading. It's just relaxing. And I love to read. I don't care. I have dyslexia. I have tools to help me now. And that's what the tools are there for. There are my accommodations. It's the same way that when, you know, when I write a story, I use text-to-speech software. I use recognition software like Dragon. It it helps me to get the ideas out of my head and to see where they go. All right. Well, I hope you learned some stuff and I didn't go off too many rabbit trails. Like I said, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to cut down on the rabbit trails. Or maybe that's just who I am. Interesting concept there. Anyway, well, I would also appreciate it that if you liked this episode, um, I would be very appreciated if you would share it on your favorite social media platform, um, trying to educate people and trying to grow my audience as well. And so if you enjoyed it and you want to hear more, just please share, share. I would be greatly appreciative. See you next time. Bye-bye. again I wanted to say thank you for listening to both of my segments very appreciative of that also please remember to to share on your favorite media platform that would be a tremendous help for me uh, so I would be very very appreciative of that as well also remember I will be looking at development of characters in my writing and also uh, being a, doing a review of Supergirl and my thoughts on the season the mid-season finale
about that as well. So, for those who are not interested in writing, be looking at that as well. So, please remember to spend the weekend with the ones that you love and give them a big old hug. And hopefully by then my mouth will be feeling better by next week. So, talk to you later. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.